name. Come on, let's lift up some thanks to our God right now for who he is. Amen. We worship him because of who he is, not just because of what he's done, but because of who he is. Come on, let's lift up our voices to him. He is awesome. He is glorious. Thank you, Jesus, for being that God who makes my heart be still, Lord God, who causes the waters to stop, Lord Jesus. That is you, my God. Thank you, Lord. Come on, give him a hand clap of praise. Give him a shout. A hallelujah. Amen. A hosanna. Lord Jesus, save us. Amen. Thank you. Hallelujah. He is good, isn't he? All the time. And all the time, he is good, isn't he? Hallelujah. It is so good. As Sister Mom said back here, to bear the weather and know that I'm a northerner, amen? Because you know what? Some things are worth making the effort to get to, and that's the house of God, amen? There's thousands of people, probably millions across this nation, who will they'll weather the storms to get to a football game, won't they? They'll weather the storms to get to an appointment, but are they weathering the storms to get to the house of God? If they're, and you know what? That's what sets you apart, you know what the word is for being set apart? Holy. I want to be holy as he is holy. Amen? Hey, if you got your Bibles, why don't we go to Acts chapter 18. Hallelujah. We're going we're gonna, to we're gonna get touched by the Lord here tonight. Amen? Anybody here excited about what God's going to do for you tonight? If you come with that expectation, that faith, hallelujah, God's going to come through for you. Amen. We're going to read the first 11 verses of chapter 18. Um, we're going to focus in on just a couple of them here tonight, but I want to kind of read the whole story here. So Acts chapter 18, shout amen if you're there. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. After these things, Paul departed from Athens and came to Corinth and found a certain Jew named Aquila, born in Pontus, lately come from Italy with his wife Priscilla, because that Claudus had commanded all Jews to depart from Rome and came unto them. And because he was of the same craft, he abode with them and wrought. For, they, for their occupation, they meant they were tent makers. And he reasoned in the synagogue every Sabbath and persuaded the Jews and the Greeks. And then Silas and Timo, Timothy, Timotheus were come from Macedonia. Paul was pressed in the spirit and testified to the Jews that Jesus was Christ. And when they opposed themselves and blasphemed, he shook his raiment and said unto them, Your blood be upon your own heads. I am clean. From henceforth I will go unto the Gentiles. And he departed thence and entered into a certain man's house named Justice, one that worshipped God, whose house joined hard to the synagogue. And Crispus, the chief ruler of the synagogue, believed on the Lord with all his house, and many of the Corinthians, hearing believed and were baptized. And let's focus in right here on verses 9 and 10. Then spake the Lord to Paul in the night by a vision, Be not afraid, but speak, and hold not thy peace. For I am with thee, and no man shall set on thee to hurt thee, for I have much people in this city. Right there. Verse 11 finishes it up and says, And he continued there, A year and six months. Teaching the word of God among them. I want to speak to us here tonight about assurances from Corinth. 
And I want to just focus in on these two verses right here where God gives instruction in verses 9 and 10. Be not afraid, but speak and hold not thy peace. Amen. Let's pray here tonight for God to reveal himself to us right now in Jesus' name. Go ahead and just lift up your voices, Lord. God, hallelujah. I pray for boldness tonight. Help me to know boldness, Lord God, to be as Paul and Silas, to be as the early church, Lord. Help this 21st century church to get back to its roots of the first century, Lord, and to spread the gospel, to speak boldly, Lord God, because when you are with me, Lord God, there is, it doesn't matter who's against me, Lord God, because you fight my battles. We sing the songs, Lord God, but Lord, help us to live those songs from day in and day out, Lord God. As we leave this place, as we come to the altar tonight, As we're listening to the word of God, I pray that you would open up our ears and plant in us something, Lord. Grow something in somebody here tonight. Grow a ministry inside of somebody here tonight, Lord God. A hunger and a desire, Lord God, to spread the gospel like never before. In Jesus' name. Come on, let's give our God some thanks here tonight. Lord Jesus, come on, thank you, Lord. Come on, give him a shout. Give him that hallelujah here tonight. Hallelujah. Yes. Yes, he is so good. Amen. You may be seated. Hallelujah. I want you to turn towards someone near you and say, you're brave tonight. <laughs> I don't know if anybody, any of you, you've been in that winter storm, and I know this is not a winter storm. You've been through a winter storm, you know what I mean? When you're driving down that two-lane road, and all, all you can think of is, am I traveling through hyperspace like they did in Star Wars? Anybody have that feeling that snow was going and you're just like, am I going light speed or something here? I have that feeling sometimes, okay? But, hey, you are brave because you do whatever it takes to get to the house of God. Amen? But you know what? We're going to do a little history here because this, this, this phrase here, it, it's really important to me. It changed my life when I thought about God's word, God's plan, and how he views people. In verse 10, it said, For I am with thee, no man shall set on thee to hurt thee, for I have much people in this city. Didn't Paul just get kicked out of the church? Paul just got kicked out of the synagogue, didn't he? He preached to them Jesus, and they said, Get out of here, you crazy man. And then Jesus proclaims to tell Paul, I have people in this city. Well, they must not have been in the church. <laughs> Come on, amen? He, he is not looking for a church building that you attend, a denomination that you attach to your name. He's not looking for that. He's looking for his people, isn't he? And his people show up in the weirdest of places, don't they? They don't know they're his people yet. It reminds me of Revelation chapter 18, verse 4, where he says, come out of her, my people. And what he's talking about is he's asking people to come out of a religious church that, that is very prominent, that speaks Christianity, but he's telling those people, come out of her and come to me. That should speak to us here nowadays, amen? So what about Corinth? Corinth was, well, I don't know if you've, read the book of Corinthians, but it had its problems. Come on, amen? Anybody know a church that doesn't have some problems? You know, this is a common phrase that if, if a church would, would be a perfect church if there were no people in it. 
But then it wouldn't be serving its purpose, would it? Right? So um, in Corinthians, they had a, a little bit of a problem. Let's look at some history here. In the year 46 B.C., um, that's before Jesus, uh, Julius Caesar established a Roman colony in Corinth. So it's kind of modern-day Turkey right now. It had a mixed group of Italians and Greeks. And from this humble beginning, there rose a magnificent city. It had mixtures of Greek temples and Roman temples. And it, there was just an abundance of luxury. There was an abundance of indulgence. There was an indulgence of immorality and wickedness because, well, I don't know, but you know this, but the temples that they had in Corinthians, they weren't, well, they didn't worship Jesus. We'll put it that way. They worshiped pagan symbols, pagan gods, and the things that they did to worship in those places, let's just say that they're immoral and leave it at that, okay? They had many things happening. Um, So it had its problems, didn't it? So this is the city that we're talking about. And, and Jesus tells Paul, hey, though my people are in this city. And you know what? He's talking about those people that have sexual problems. He's talking about those people that have uh, lust problems. Amen? Those are his people. He pulls them out of that. So we need to understand that when, when Jesus is using this phrase, I have much people in this city. He knows somebody's heart. He knows that, hey, I have some people that need to get out of darkness. Anybody here come out of darkness and into his marvelous light? Come on. I I know of some some of your testimonies. I know some testimonies of people that have been through this church. Uh, People have been delivered from a life of gangs, a life of drugs, a life of alcoholism. I'm so thankful for the name of Jesus. If, if somebody didn't put faith in a drunk, amen, in Iowa, our pastor wouldn't be here today. Come on, amen? When I think of the things that my God has done, hallelujah, he turns lives around, doesn't he? And so many times, I mean, think about, I want us to think about this because we've got a world to win, we've got a city to win. God put us in a place, didn't he? And you know what? He, caused, he called us to be a light in a very dark place. Of all places, why Corinth? The simple answer is that God loves sinners. He loves them. He doesn't love their sin, does he? But he loves sinners. He loves them. Can I get an amen? Amen. Instead of opposition, Paul saw opportunity. You know what? You're right, God. Corinth is one of the worst sinful places. What a what a great place to put up a church. Can you say Third Street? Amen. Third Street and Lacrosse has a well. I don't know if it still has, but had the world Guinness record for most bars in a re, in a little in a per capita area. Can you say that? Uh, Opportunity. Opportunity. Come on, amen. I think it'd be amazing to put up a church right in 3rd Street. And I'm not, God has not called me to do that, so I am just saying that that's, that would be amazing if somebody did that, okay? Um, I don't feel the calling to do that. I know that some people feel that they are called to walk 3rd Street as preachers. And you know what? If God speaks that into your heart, you need to do that. But you also need to not be drunk when you do it. Can I get an Amen. There's no need to tempt the spirit, amen? 
Hallelujah. A great church was going to be built amid a chaos of a city steeped in sin. Have you ever heard that where sin abounds, grace doth much more abound? Amen. See, God's got a plan, doesn't he? It seems to be a little better than our plans. It seems a little higher than our ideas. Hallelujah. From the midst of this center of wickedness, God's going to raise up a church that's going to spread the gospel. Because you know what is going to be found in a church that went through the fire and didn't get burned? Testimonies. Oh, hallelujah, some testimonies. Can anybody raise their hand and say they've got a testimony? Come on, lift up that voice and say, hey, he's brought me through some things. Amen? He's brought me through the waters, and I did not drown. He brought me through the fire, and I did not burn all the way. (laughs) There's some singeing around the corner sometimes because... I didn't have faith in him. Can somebody say amen? You've been there with me. Because when you're going through that storm, you're going through that fire, you're not always on board with the Lord, are you? Sometimes you kind of trust your own designs, and that's when you get into trouble. But God is going to raise up a great church in the midst of a trouble. He's in the testimony-making business. I pray that God here tonight would open up our eyes to understand that there's a modern Corinth going on. Amen? That there's a modern Corinth that abounds. Yes, the world is terrible. Yes, the world's got sin in it. But hey, opportunity, amen? Where there's that much confusion about whether you're a boy or a girl, there's going to be room for testimony, amen? There's going to be room for that. There's, there's room for a, a child of God to make an impact in somebody's life. I am so thankful, and I pray that we would begin to realize the state of Corinth that we live in nowadays. Assurances from Corinth. We need to take assurances in Corinth. Amen? Let us realize here tonight that God wants to save sinners. He didn't come to witness to the people that were not sick, did he? When he came, he said, I came here to help those that were sick. I came to be a a doctor to those that were hurting. I didn't come to just hang out with the Pharisees, hang out with the churchgoers. In fact, I came to the sick people. And when those sick people get healed up, guess what he commissioned those healed people to do? Go be a a sick getter, I guess. Go get some more sick people. Go, go run a new hospital, amen? That's what a church really is. It's a hospital. And if we don't start our own little hospital in this world, we're not fulfilling his gospel. We're not fulfilling the gospel of the kingdom, amen? In the midst of great wickedness in our day, God is raising up a spiritual church that's going to be holy, that's going to be pure, that's going to be sanctified by the blood of the Lamb. Hallelujah! I look at the prophecies and I see clearly God is setting up a revival. How many believe that? If you believe that, if you raised your hand in faith, come on, just like this morning, it's time to start acting on that faith, amen? It's starting to put that faith into action. You know what? There is going to be revival. And you know what? This hand is going to do it. This hand is going to bring about revival. This mouth is going to bring it about. When I go to school and I talk to people about the goodness of God, they're going to realize, hey, Something's different there. Because you're the revival that's going to spark your county on fire. It's going to scout your community on fire. Amen? 
Hell shall not prevail. Matthew chapter 16 and verse 18, when he was talking to Peter, he said, Thou art Peter, and upon this rock will I build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Do you realize that when you get filled with the Holy Spirit and you're commissioned to spread his gospel, you're not going to fail. That should, uh, that should make us feel a little lighter in the shoulders, amen? That burden we have to carry of spreading the gospel, whew, it's not going to be a failure. I may stumble now and again, but you know what? God's going to be with me. Blessed assurance. Is that a song, Sister Jerry Joe? somewhere are you? Blessed assurance. Okay, yeah, there it is. Somebody's got the words. I know I don't. I shouldn't have started singing it. <laughs> what better place could we find to build a soul-saving station than in the suburb of hell? There's a preacher, I, I, can't, I don't want to say his name because I think I'll give it to the wrong preacher, but he said that his goal would not be to run away from hell, but to have a, um, have a firefighter station right at the gate of hell so he could bring out as many people from that gate as possible, so he could take them out of the, out of the depths of hell and bring them right out of there. And you know what? I'm looking at La Crosse County. And, you know, La Crosse County has a drug issue. There's a heroin issue. Uh, I, I read in an article headline recently that ambulances are going to become stocked with the drug Narcan. Narcan? I think that's what it's called. Um, permanently now. They're going to just have it on the, the ambulance. Why? When they get a call to a drug overdose, they can get ready to save that person. Church, we got a Corinth here in La Crosse, don't we? There's a reason why this is a good place to have church. This county is a great place to have church. Um, I, I've shared this in the past, but um, the top 10, quote-unquote, drunk cities in America, six of them are in Wisconsin. And the La Crosse area is, I can't remember exactly, but it's either in the top five or it's in that top 10. This is a good place to have some church, isn't it? There are my people in there. My people are on 3rd Street. My people are in La Crosse. My people are in Holman. Come on, say it. My people are in my community. His people. People that we've got to reach. Let me just read this one more time. Then spake the Lord to Paul in a vision by night. Be not afraid, but speak. Hold not thy peace, for I am with thee. And no man shall set thee to hurt thee. For I have much people in this city. All right. Let's be witnesses. Amen. Let's be that witness. Let's be that witness that God wanted us to be. I do not believe that a majority of people in this world are evil. <clears throat> They're just apathetic. Yes, they have wickedness in them because they were sinful creatures. I'm not backtracking on what I said this morning, but a lot of people nowadays, they don't want to rock the boat. They don't want to cause a tremendous change in the world. They just, want to, they just want to pay their bills and move along, don't they? We call that apathetic spiritually, agnostic. I know there's probably a God, but you know what? Right now is just not the time. I got a career to work out. I got a, I got a family to take care of. Maybe later I'll, I'll look into the spiritual business. Anybody got that excuse when you invited somebody to church? Come on, Amen. What we see instead is a small group 
of crusaders for Christ. I'm going to spread the gospel. We see a small group of truly evil people trying to spread wickedness. And then in the middle, there's a bunch of people that are just kind of going with the flow. Imagine that, that black strip on the one side of evil and that white strip of good on the, on the other side and that big gap in the middle. I kind of spoke to this this morning. God's uh, shaking up things in this world to the point where those people in the middle, the gray, they're going to be forced to pick a side. They're going to be forced to say, you know what, I remember what my grandparents and my parents said about church and the Bible. Uh, maybe I should look into that. Or they're going to say, I, I don't want to rock the boat. I just want to fit in. I just want to fit in with this world. I just want to make it by. They're going to be forced to make that choice. In the middle of that group, in that gray area, you know what? There's a lot of Christians who are just hoping to make it to heaven without too many inconveniences. I just want to make it to church. I just want to plug in. I just want to check my car to do my time and, 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 and be a good person. Those are the people that God is saying, those are my people. I need them. I need to get them. Come on, amen? So there's three things here tonight, being a witness. Do not be afraid. Keep on speaking. Don't be silent. There's nothing more rewarding than working for the Lord. There's nothing quite like it. Amen. If you've ever prayed with somebody as they're getting filled with the Holy Ghost, you catch a little bit of that fire. Amen. You've already got it, but come on, you catch a little bit more of that fire. And as Pastor Boyd says many times, it's addicting to see somebody's life change before your eyes. Amen. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. To see the Spirit of God enter into them. Many people never experience the blessings of working for the Lord because they're too afraid to step out by faith. Lord, help me out. 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7. You probably know this. For God did not give us a spirit of fear, but he gave us a spirit of love and of power and of a sound mind. I like this other version here. God did not give us a spirit of timidity. Come on, he didn't give us a spirit of timidness. He gave us a spirit of love and power and a sound mind. All the more reason to read that word of God, to study it, amen, to know it inside and out. You know, maybe I think God laid this on my heart recently because um, I, I don't know if you guys know about this, but I really love prophecy. I think I've mentioned it a time or two, haven't I? Sister Sheila gave me a, a Revelation song f- CD album thing. I'm, I can't wait to listen to it. And, but, but God laid it on my heart that, you know what, if I'm going to preach about these sorts of things, and if I'm going to know the Scripture, I'm going to need to read these things. Because I don't know if you've ever done this before, where you're talking to someone, you're like, I remember this is in the Bible somewhere. Let me try to say it. And you kind of know, I kind of butchered that. Anybody said that? Or you give them the paraphrased, um, my version of the Bible sort of thing. Yeah. I've done that before. And God just laid it on my heart that, hey, if you're going you're gonna to preach about my word, you better know it. Right. You better know it inside and out. And so I sought out to make a reading list for myself. So if I read it over and over and over again, I feel like something's going to stick. Amen? Yeah. 
Something's going to stick. So whatever God's laying on your heart, maybe God has put a ministry in your path. I want to just encourage you to find scriptures involved in that. Do some studies in the scripture and read it over and over and over again so it gets inside of your heart because thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. Come on, amen? Amen. Do not be afraid, church. Fear does terrible things to people, doesn't it? I mean, just look at the last six, seven months, amen? Fear drives people to do crazy things. Fear drives people to uh, act very irrationally. Remember when this coronavirus thing all started? What were people buying? They weren't buying food for some reason. They were buying the toilet paper and the Purell hand wipes, right? Or hand sanitizer. I don't know what I'm going to eat, but I'm going to be prepared in case I have to eat. I mean, come on, that's fear. Oh boy, right? Fear. Fear causes people to run away from opportunities, right? Miracles even. That could be risky. I don't know. I don't want to fail. I've been there, church. I don't want to fail. I've learned through experience that, you know, failure is the best teacher, though. Going out on a limb and trusting the Lord, that's not going to be failure. Come on, amen? Exodus chapter 14, verses 11 and 12. And they said unto Moses, Because there are no graves in Egypt, have you taken us away to die in the wilderness? Wherefore have you dealt with us with us to carry us forth out of Egypt? Is not this the word that we did tell thee in Egypt, saying, Let us alone, that we may serve the Egyptians? For it had been better for us to serve the Egyptians than to die in the wilderness? Fear is making these Israelites wishing they were in captivity and not in the hands of an almighty God. Whoa. Amen. Think about our modern-day Corinth, our modern-day world that we live in. If we're going to be afraid to stand in the hand of God, we might, we're basically saying, I'd rather kind of be a slave in Egypt. Can you say the world? That's what this is right here. God wanted to work a miracle in his people, but fear mixed with apathy, not caring, Cause them to be willing to stay slaves. Just say wow. <laughs> wow. Wow, right? Fear causes us to bury our talents many times. It causes us to bury our talents. In fact, Jesus gave a parable about this, didn't he? He gave one guy a talent, and he gave him one talent. And what did he do with that talent? He buried it. He buried it because he was afraid. In fact, he said, uh, I was afraid. He had fear. And I went to hide the talent in the earth. Lo, there thou hast that is thine. Hey, I didn't lose it. I mean, that's when you call setting the bar low, that's, that's really low, isn't it? Hey, I didn't mess up, Lord. Well... He found out the hard way that that was not what was supposed to happen, right? Matthew 25, verses 28 and 29, it concludes that parable and says, Take therefore the talent from him. Take it away and give it to the one that's got ten talents. 
For unto every one that hath shall be given, and he shall have abundance. But from him that hath not shall be taken away, even that which he has. The day of church as usual, we gotta, we gotta, we gotta shut that off now, don't we? Amen. It kind of, I kind of got woken up a little bit during this last six months, realizing that, you know what, the governments of this world, they, they, they do want to try to shut down churches. They do want to try to shut that stuff down, and they're bold enough to try that, aren't they? Um, but you know what, we got to be equally bold enough to spread his gospel. I seem to remember a first century church that uh, spread that gospel no matter what. Amen? They spread it no matter what. God must become a reality in our everyday walk with him. In the grocery store, in the post office, in the school, on the street, on the job, he's got to be an everyday thought. We We can bring him into the conversation, can't we? Too often... People have told me, you're a really happy guy. And I've said, yeah, it's easier that way. When I should be saying, yeah, the Lord's in my life. He helps me to see things in a good way. Come on, amen? amen. Too often I kind of, re- I just kind of, I, 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 too often in the past I've, I've painted my, my good, my good fortune, my good outlook on life on, I have a good philosophy on life, but Fear, you know, that's fear right there. That's me saying, I figured this out. Instead, where did I get all that from? I got it from the Lord. What a witnessing opportunity for it. Let's just say, God has changed my outlook on life. Jesus has changed me around. You should check him out too. Come on, amen? What's your best witness is your testimony. I've come to realize that, hey, it doesn't matter how many uh, arguments you win. You're probably not going to win anybody to Christ by an argument. But you are going to win people to Christ with your testimony, your lifestyle, your conversation. Amen? It's time that we all call to attention and say, let's pray. That's why I love Tuesday nights more and more and more as the years go on. In Proverbs chapter 28, verse 1, the wicked flee when no man pursues. That's weird, isn't it? They don't know what they're running from, but they're running. (laughs) But the righteous are bold as a lion. Come on. It's time for us to pray for some boldness. Amen? When we're in the workplace talking about Jesus, man, maybe I'll get fired, but you you know what? God says that, hey, he's on my side. If he wants me to talk to so and so about his spirit, I better do that. He'll be on my side if he told me to do that. Come on, amen? Keep on speaking. Don't be afraid and keep on speaking. Matthew chapter 5, verses 14 through 16. Here it is. This is our favorite verse right here. Um, Ye are the light of the world, a city that cannot be hid. Here's Here's our song. Neither do men light up a candle and put it under a bushel. No. I'm going to let it shine. Hiding under a bushel. I'm going to let it shine. And then there's another verse, right? Don't let Satan blow it out. No. 
I'm going to let that thing shine. Amen. Let it shine. Let it shine. Let it shine. That they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. Not that they can see how good I am, so they can see my Father in heaven. Ooh, come on. I'm being preached to here tonight. I need to show people the God that's inside of me. Not the good person that I am. If they're attracted to the goodness that's inside of me, that's great. But I better start aiming that straight towards Jesus. I seem to remember a few people that fell because of they thought they were pretty good. Um, Lucy, Lucifer, Satan, the devil. Oh, that's the same person. Okay. Um, <clears throat> I better not follow his example. Amen? Oh, we are living in a day when all kinds of sin is coming out of the closet, aren't we? I think it's high time that some Christians come out of their closet. We need to go into our closet to pray, amen, the prayer closet. But come on, let's come out of that prayer closet as bold as a lion, as the proverb said. Come on, amen. Anybody seen that, that meme where, where you go into the prayer room like a kitty cat? And you come out with a lion, yeah, prayer time. I'm ready to conquer this world, amen? I'm ready to go into that Corinth. I'm ready to go into that Lacrosse County. I'm ready to go into that school, that workplace. And I'm going to pray over those students. I'm going to pray over them. I'm going to pray the name of Jesus because he's going to take care of them. Yes. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It's time for us to come out of the closet. Yes. You know what? Authorities could not keep the first century church from speaking boldly. That's pretty good stuff right there. If we're going to follow an example, we better follow the first century church's example. Get back to those roots, amen? Acts chapter 4, verses 18 through 21. i got to read this for you. This is good stuff. And they called them and commanded them not to speak at all nor teach in the name of Jesus. But Peter and John answered and said, Whether it's right in the sight of God to listen to you more than God, you can judge. They threw that right back at him, didn't they? (laughs) God told me to speak. I'm going to go speak. For we cannot but speak the things which we have seen and heard. So when they had further threatened them, they let them go, finding nothing how they might punish them because of the people. For all men glorified God for that which was done. Woo! Come on. No government, no law could stop the first century church from spreading the gospel. Why should I? Hello? Come on, somebody wake up with me tonight. Why should I let them stop me? Amen? There's more examples. In Iconium, just a few chapters uh, afterwards, chapter 14, it says, Long time therefore abode they, speaking boldly in the Lord which gave testimony unto the word of his grace and granted signs and wonders to be done by their hands. In Acts chapter 19, verse 8, in Ephesus, and they went into the synagogue and spake boldly for the space of three months, disputing and persuading the things concerning the kingdom of God. The early church was all about boldly spreading the gospel. Amen? I get convicted every time I get on that Facebook of faces, I tell you. I think about the things I spread, and I think about the things I mention because it's on my mind, and then I think to myself, do they, bo- do they know that I worship the Lord? It convicts me. Come on, somebody with me? I want to make sure 
that people know me as that Christian fellow. That and my students call it, aren't you religious or something? <laughs> I mean, if you want to call it that, sure, but man, I got a relationship with Jesus, that's for sure. Come on, amen. amen. That's what it's about right there. Hallelujah. <clears throat> so don't be afraid. Keep on speaking. And don't be silent. This is what we see. In recent years, it's become popular for Christians to be involved politically, hasn't it? Worried about the Christian vote, worried about that. And you know what? We're in America, so if you feel compelled to vote, go for it. I'd recommend it. Amen? However, that's not our purpose in life, is it? God didn't put us here so that we could put the right person in office, did he? I seem to remember lots of scriptures that say God, he puts up the kings, and guess what? He puts them down too, doesn't he? Whatever he wants to have in there, he'll put it in there. And you know what? I'm, I, but over the years, I've been more excited that it really doesn't matter what happens to my government that, that, that is over me because I'm part of the kingdom of God. I'm part of a better kingdom, a more perfect kingdom. The laws in that kingdom, wow, they're much fairer. They're much more forgiving, much more understanding. Hallelujah, I want to spread that kingdom. I'm kind of just an immigrant from the kingdom of God is what I kind of think about more and more. Hallelujah. Amen. In fact, uh, I've gone so far as to, I, we, I wave some Christian flags in my house. I don't got any American flags. And then my mom mentioned she had a friend, oh, because she was telling him where she was moving with us. And, and she said, he, she, he told her, oh, is that the house with the Christian flag? You better believe it. This is, this is sovereign territory right here. This is the house of God right here. You want to come over and get some Jesus? Come on over. This is the place. Yeah. Amen? I want people to know I don't just practice my Jesus faith at, on Sundays. Come on. Amen? amen. It, well, it's time to get out of the closet, isn't it? Yeah. Let's, as Christians, start declaring that name of Jesus on Monday. Yeah. Amen? On Tuesday and on Wednesday. And all the rest of the days of the week. Hallelujah. Mark chapter 16, verses 15 through 18. And many people say that this part of the Bible is, it's, it doesn't agree, the scriptures, or I should say the, the, um, the texts that we see, they, they don't match up. They're lost texts. But listen, Mark chapter 16, verses 15 through 18 is in my Bible. It is in my Bible. I am going to believe it. It's the Word of God. Nothing in it contradicts anything else in Scripture. I'm going to believe it. And he said unto them, Go ye into all the world and in the name of Jesus. Oh, that's the next verse. Okay, it didn't work. Go back. I thought it would work, the song. Um, and preach the gospel to every creature. Somebody say Hallelujah. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. And he that believeth not shall be damned. Wow. We need to make sure we listen to the word of God, don't we? Amen. And these signs shall follow after them that believe. In my name they'll cast out devils. Somebody say hallelujah. Hallelujah. They shall speak with a new tongue. Somebody say glory. And they shall take up serpents. Say by accident. accident. (laughs) And they will drink any deadly thing. Say by accident. And it shall not hurt them. They shall lay hands on the sick. Somebody say hallelujah. And they shall recover. Come on. That's the gospel that he told me to boldly proclaim. 
Let's do it. Amen. Let's, let's, let's not be quiet about it. Let's not be afraid about it. And let's keep on speaking. Let's be a witness of our Jesus. Hallelujah. Now, as we be witnesses to our Lord, for our Lord, on behalf of our Lord, ambassadors in this foreign land, let's remember that we have an ever-present help in time of need. Acts chapter 18, verse 10. Our main scripture for tonight. Jesus started out and said, For I am with thee. I am with thee. No man shall set on thee to hurt thee. For I have much people in this city. As long as God's got a purpose in your life and you're willing to fulfill it, he's going to make sure that you're fine. Come on, somebody say thank you, Jesus. As long as he's got a purpose in your life, a will, and you're willing to listen to that, he's going to make sure you're safe. He's going to make sure that virus doesn't hurt you because you've got souls to reach. He's going to make sure that that sickness doesn't afflict you because you've got to reach some of his people. He's going to make sure that that deer doesn't do too much damage to you when it crosses the road. Why? Because he's got some people for you to reach. Come on. Anybody wanting to have a nice, um, a couple weeks ago, we talked about Hezekiah. He begged on the Lord and said, can I have some more years in life? Sure, 15, go get them. Come on, you want some free years. You say, Lord, I'll do whatever you want me to do. He says he's going to take care of you, doesn't he? Come on. Uh, Psalms 46.1, God is our refuge and our strength. And our very present help in time of need, in time of trouble. Woo! You have blessed assurance of his presence. Matthew 28, 20. Teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always. You know that word always, not a mistype. It doesn't say always. It says always. And the reason for that is it means forever and always, without end. It's not, it's, it's, it's a more permanent form of that, that verb, always. Always. Always is even more powerful because we have a God that's infinite, don't we? He is promising us he's going to infinitely be with us, even until the end of the world. Say, it's coming soon. Now, just to put you at ease, the end of the world is a better translation as the end of the age. Now, this is, this is going to be exciting. It's going to be exciting. It's the end of the age. What age? The end of the age of human government. Praise the Lord. Say, say, come on, say it with me. No more elections. Hallelujah. <laughs> Hallelujah. Don't need to worry about four more years. Don't need to worry about any more years. It's going to be a thousand years of Jesus. That's going to be an end of a good age. I want to see the end of that age. Amen? But he says he's going to be with us. Hallelujah. Take that to the bank because our God can't lie. Amen? He's not trying to swindle us into a thousand extra years. He's he's believable, isn't he? What his promises come through every time. If you're stepping out by faith and in the will of God... You can rest assured the Lord's going to be with you. 
He's going to be with you. You know what that makes me want to do? That makes me want to pray more often. Come on, I'll admit, I don't pray enough. I need to pray more often. And reading scriptures like this, man, I want to I want to pray more often because if I am in his will, he's going to protect me. He is going to make sure that that cancer isn't going to do me in until my job is done. He's going to make sure that that virus, that that deer, that that random event isn't going to stop my life suddenly unless my job's done. Unless the job he gave me is done. Hebrews, Hebrews chapter 13 verse 5 says, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. Wow. Come on, say it. Wow. (laughs) Hallelujah. He holds our tomorrow in his hand. I'm reminded, when I I see that, when I'm I'm thinking about the days of my life, I I keep on thinking of Matthew 24, about how he he promised, he said, hey, you're going to be a good servant if you just always think that today is your last day. You're going to be a good servant if you serve me to the best of your ability each and every day. But if you say to yourself, I've got some time. He's coming in three and a half years because that's what he told me he would happen. Uh, the peace deal signed, so he's not coming for another seven years. Come on, if you do that and you play that game, he says, hey, guess what? I'm going to come for you one day, and you're not going to know it was your day. And that's the wicked servant that plays around with God's timing. Hey, let's, let's take some blessed assurance and, and let's do his will, amen? Let's do what he wants us to do, amen? And as a church, in a modern-day Corinth called La Crosse County that's ridden with alcoholism, that's ridden with drug problems, that's kind of hidden and not on the surface, but can we win some souls here? Can we reach some people? Can we meet some new people? Somebody say, yeah. Okay, good. (laughs) Hallelujah. Jacob awakened to an awareness when he was fleeing for his life. When he was running away because he was afraid Esau was going to get him, he said, surely the Lord is in this place, and I was not aware of it. You see, God had a will in Jacob's life. He had a will in his life, and when he made that will present and known to Jacob, he had some assurance. He had some assurance that he was going to make it through the day. He was going to make it through that. He didn't fear any longer. Assurance of God's protection is going to be important. His presence, he's always going to be with you, but also his protection. The work of God can devastate people of God if they lose the proper perspective. The subtle pressures of difficult circumstances can easily rob us from our spiritual strength if we fail to place his absolute trust and confidence in him. The mention of the name of Jesus is going to bring you out of some trouble. I don't know how much this helps here, but um, two painters each painted a picture to illustrate something. The concept of rest. What do you picture when you think of the word rest? A hammock in the lazy day, right? Between two trees, sipping on that, probably coffee. We're talking about my mom here, right? Is that rest to you? That's pretty good. Well, one of those painters painted that. Not a hammock, but basically he chose to paint a scene that was still 
lone lake all by itself in the far-off mountains. Just beautiful. And the second painter painted something just a little different. He painted a thundering waterfall. And in that thundering waterfall, there was a fragile birch tree bending over the foam. And at the fork of the branch, there was a robin on his nest, resting. That's a little bit more like uh, our life, isn't it? When there's turmoil around you, when there's a storm, when there's waterfall coming all around you, you're in your nest, taken care of by the hand of God. God. Amen? When you're in his will, when you're where he planted you and where, you, where he wanted you to be, he's going to take protection over you. So let's follow the heartbeat of God, amen? With that assurance that he's going to take care of us if we're going to be a witness for him and a witness of him, we, need, we can rest assured that we're going to know his heartbeat. <clears throat> let's look further in his heartbeat. Luke 19.10, what is God's plan of an idea for the Son of Man is come to seek and to save that which is lost. God has many people in this city. That's what we heard. His goal is to seek the people that are lost. He already knows you by name because you were lost, but not anymore. He's got some more people for you to reach out to. Acts chapter 18, verse 10. Let me read it one more time. For I am with thee. No one's going to hurt you. For I have much people in this city. Our Lord had a bride among the sinners of Corinth. He had some people in Corinth that they needed to be reached. It was Paul's mission to find them and to bring them to him. I've got somebody for you to meet. That should be our message. I know a man, and he's told me all the troubles that I've ever done. Come on, that woman at the well, right? I know a man, he told me everything that i ever done. He is the Messiah. Come on. Some of you, you know a man. And his name is Jesus, amen? He helped you with your sin. He helped you with your trouble. He helped you with your addictions. He helped you with your attitude, with your, with your depression. He helped you with that. Come, meet him. I want to bring you to a place where we can worship together. Jesus has got many people in this city, doesn't he? Come on, begin to name them in your mind. In fact, if God's putting those names on your mind right now, I want you to write them down. We do this every once in a while where we pray for seven souls that God puts on your heart, that you pray for, that you make a relationship with, that you meet and you, you, you pray for them and you meet them where they're at. Make it an effort, a daily effort of asking the Lord to add somebody to that prayer. Add somebody to that list. And the conclusion is we've got to rescue these people. We've got to rescue them from the depths of hell. We've got to teach the word of God. Can you say Bible study? I want some Bible studies. And he continued there a year and six months. Verse 11, teaching the word of God among them. We must realize that the reaping in our day is going to be great. The harvest is great. But who do we need to pray for? The laborers. The laborers. Amen? So as you're praying each day, pray for some more laborers. 
Sister Jerry is going to love this. Pray for some more drummers. Pray for some more piano play people. Pray for some more worship leaders. Pray for some more people that can lead in worship. Pray for some more Sunday school teachers. Pray for some more pastors. Pray for some more people that would come and begin to just take on responsibilities. Amen? Come on. Pray for those laborers. And while you're at it, I mean, hey, you got, there's so many things to pray for. I kind of feel guilty when I have that thought. What should I pray for? Man, there's so much to pray for, isn't there, Sister Virginia? I, he tells me to pray for the lost souls. He tells me to pray for the laborers. I, I, I got people that I know. I mean, there is no short list of things to pray for. I sometimes think, Lord, what do you want me to pray for? I don't want to pray amiss. I want to know, what do you want me to pray for? Come on, be sensitive to what he has. If you've been filled with his spirit, you go ahead and let the Holy Ghost pray. You go ahead and let those tongues speak out. Amen? One commenter on this part of the book of Acts has made this observation. Unlike Paul, we often labor in the harvest field not knowing whether we will see great results personally. I kind of think if we're not bold... And if we're not speaking and we're quiet, that might be the case. But if we're a witness, we're a witness that's bold and speaks up. We're a witness and we are, we are not being quiet. We're a witness and we're living it day in and day out. We're going to see results. In fact, this is what we've been talking about. We're going to have assurance. We're going to have the Corinthian assurance that he's going to bring some results. You're going to see La Crosse County changed because of your prayers on Tuesday nights. You're going to see Holman upturned because of your prayer efforts. I want to just put some ideas in your heads. I did this with the, the young people a long time ago, maybe 10 years ago. We went around to each of the schools and did a prayer walk around them, like Jericho. And we just pray around them. Just pray around them. You know, there are places of spiritual influence in the cities that you live in. Go pray around them. Go pray around them. Put on a jacket since it's super cold now. Because you don't want to catch anything. Right? You don't want people to think you're sick with stuff. So put a jacket on. Cover your hat. Children. Children, where are you at? Wave your hands if you're a child. Come on. Put your shoes on your feet. And all the parents said, Amen. Whoa. And all the parents said, Amen. <laughs> put on that shoe. Put on that, that coat. Get out there and do a prayer walk around something. Do a prayer walk around a bar. Do a prayer walk around a school. Do a prayer walk around the police station. Do a prayer walk around the fire department. Just let God lead you to a new place each day. Get out there and just begin to pray. Hey, let's get out of the closet, amen? Let's get out of the closet and let's pray. Romans chapter 8, verse 28. And we know that all things work together. For good to them that love God. To them that love God. Say that. To them that love God. And to them that are called 
according to his purpose. Come on. You want some assurance tonight? You want some protection on the roads? You want some protection that, 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 that is better than the protection that a, that a vaccine or a mask can give you? Let's get in the will of God. Amen? If we get in the will of God, come on, there is no thing that is going to come against us. Amen? Hallelujah. Let's get that Corinthian assurance here tonight. Amen? And as I close, hallelujah, uh, the, the musicians will come or whoever it is, but we need to think about a place where we can get a hold of God tonight. Because we need to get a hold of his will in our life. It's easy for me to say, get out there, preach the gospel, pray every day. Sometimes that just feels so removed because it's vague, I don't know, because it's a platitude sometimes, but it's the truth, isn't it? It's not a cliche to say you need to pray and read the Bible every day. That's a prescription. But you know, when you take the preaching of the word, and you begin to pray it into your heart tonight, you're going to change your Monday. You're going to change your Tuesday. You're going to change your whole week because you decided to pray in your heart what the Word of God was coming at you. So let's all stand here tonight. And and I want us to just find a place of prayer here. Although we live in the midst of a perverse and wicked generation that's been prophesied, God called us out of the darkness in order to shine out his light, his glorious gospel. God knows those who would be willing to live a holy, overcoming life. And you know what? He's willing and ready to redeem them from the ugliness of sin because he's got people in your city. We don't need to fear those who are going to war against us in the spiritual realm. Because if we're in his will, and we need to pray that tonight to be in his will, we don't need to fear because he's going to be with us. If we're going to earnestly pursue pleasing God above ourselves, pleasing God above all other things, he's going to be faithful, isn't he? He's going to be faithful to come through. He, God has called us to a holy service. He's able to give us victory over every foe. Come on, somebody say victory. God has sent us into the world to make disciples of all nations. We have a calling on our lives. And if we're going to earnestly seek to fulfill that calling, you've got your assurance. Come on, hallelujah. There is no weapon formed against us that shall prosper. Let's lift up our voices here tonight. Let's find a place of prayer as we seek his will, amen? As we seek the Lord here tonight, come on, let's find a place of prayer. Let's find a place where we can get a hold of God. Let's find an altar where we can approach him. Come on, these altars are open. I want to encourage you to come on forward if you want. And let's get a hold of our Jesus here tonight. I'm going to finish with this verse here, and you can just begin praying whenever you want to. Isaiah chapter 54 Verse 16 and 17 says, See, it is I who created the blacksmith, who fans the coals into flames and forges a weapon fit for its work. And it is I who have created the destroyer to work havoc, 
No weapon forged against you will prevail. You will refute every tongue that accuses you. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord. And this is their vindication from me, declares the Lord. Come on, if you need that assurance in your life here tonight, let's get on our knees. Let's get on our knees in prayer. The only move that's always going to work all the time. And let's get a hold of our Savior. Hallelujah. Let's ask Him to put people on our hearts, on our minds to pray for. Let's earnestly seek Him tonight. Because God wants you to be the change in your community. Not just by volunteering, not just by doing the, the, the good things that we, we, we should be doing, but also by praying and fulfilling His will. Come on, let's begin to seek Him here tonight in Jesus' name. Thank you.